Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back out of the tunnel, onto the field for a second hour of Sports Talk. Scott Beatty and Evan Kahn with you. Last hour, we had a good time uh, chatting up Illinois football as well as the Gophers. We visited with Daryl Thompson, radio analyst for Minnesota, former all-world running back up there, still holds some records, so we enjoyed uh, chatting with him. And Lauren Tate checked in from Big Ten Media Days, actually from here. They just landed. They went up to the media event in Minneapolis. So we're less than a month from Big Ten basketball underway. So we appreciate everybody that uh, has been a part of this program. And forthcoming, Matt Stevens from Illini Guys will be here with us. We'll talk some more Illinois football and beyond. Baseball playoffs also rolling. Seattle have has pulled ahead of the Astros. Evan Kahn, 7-3 down there in the Lone Star State. And one of our favorite names to hear Pat Hughes pronounce, Eugenio Suarez with the solo <laughs> shot there to for the seventh run for the Mariners. But no, just getting into it. No baseball last night. Now we got four games here today. Yep. And tomorrow night on these airwaves, you'll hear Illinois Volleyball with a home match against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Checking in with us to lead off this hour is setter Diana Brown, who joins us on the line. Diana, hey, great to have you on the program for a few minutes. Thanks for making some time. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, first off, Huff Hall has a new look this year. Uh, (laughs) How do you you like the new video board and all the bells and whistles you get to play in front of? Yeah, we called it a facelift. Um, no, the, uh, scoreboard has been awesome and I think it really has helped, uh, the crowd get into it and, you know, it's fun to just take a time, time out and look at yourself on the board saying something, I don't know, something funny that we said about a month ago and, um, you get to see the replays and I know some, uh, painting might be happening and some light fixtures might be going up. So I don't know, tune in to see what the new, uh, looks like you are are given a teaser and more reason to come out to uh, to the matches <laughs> uh but on a more uh, serious note i, I know that uh, you know the season hasn't gone exactly how you would chart a course with the number of injuries and you had to deal with and of course the 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 shortened spring that you had and all that so how do you think you've fared through uh all of the uh unexpected things that have come your way Yeah, I think every team deals with this, and as athletes, we are trained to um, play through adversity and the challenges and the trials and the triumphs that come with your sport, Um, but it, (laughs) we kind of joke and laugh that, uh, you know, what is it this week, Um, but um, on a more serious note, you know, uh, we have kind of adopted the next man up mentality. 
And um, I'm just really proud of all the girls who have stepped in and um, have filled a bigger role than what their role was going into the season. And, uh, you know, I would have liked to have a couple more wins here and there. And um, But I think as the season has gone on, we are finding out who we are more and more. And uh, after, uh, going into each game, you know, uh, we really are in the mindset, who who are we? And, uh, you know, we try to play Illinois volleyball every single game and show them what we got. And we have a lot of firepower in our hitters, and we have great defenders and great servers, and uh, we just we need to show them that every single game. So I think going forward, you know, we still want to see that positive trend. But uh, I would like to get a little bit more healthy. <laughs> That'd be mm-hmm. nice, too. Um, but overall, you know, I think we've been seeing that positive trend in our play. Diana Brown is the setter for Illinois Volleyball. They play Rutgers tomorrow night. I'm chatting with her here for a moment on Sports Talk. Hey, Diana, this is Evan. And as the setter, how difficult is that with so many changing rotations and getting the chemistry down with all your different hitters? Does that just come with playing time and being familiar with them on the court? And what are some of the challenges you've had to overcome this season? Well, like you said, it does come with playing time, but um, as setters in the preseason, we work on setting everyone. And, uh, you know, the, the people who do play a lot, uh, you do have that connection with them. But I think, um, you know, I we never stop setting the other people. And so what I said earlier, next man up, when, um, say, or one of our middles had an injury this past weekend, our sophomore middle stepped up, and it was like, all right, we're running with her. And so um, it really wasn't, we weren't shaken up. We weren't really surprised, but it was just kind of, it's new. It's new. And so you're going to have some bumps here and there, but um, you know, I'm, I am comfortable with anyone stepping in any position. And we talk to Chris Thomas every Monday here on the show. What's something that we should ask him about that he, he wouldn't (laughs) expect us to ask him. (laughs) Oh boy! Um, ask him who he, who on the team he does not trust to babysit his kids. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, that's a good one. I like that. You'll remember that. Yeah, okay. that's awesome. Uh, Chris shouted out you yesterday at, at a press conference too as um, one of the brightest people he's ever coached, and it's it's well known your your aspirations to go into uh, the medical field to be a doctor and, and and get into med school. So I assume you're studying for the MCAT. Uh, so how many flash? Oh, I already took that. You already oh, did. Yeah. You're done with that. Oh, Been yeah. there, done that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was just wondering how many flashcards were on you at any one time, <laughs> but oh, I mean, there's a thousand total, but I like to do. Well, I did like about fifty a week. So wow. All right. And, yeah. I mean, do you know where you're going next? I do not. Okay. I do not. But hopefully, I return home. So being Ohio, being Ohio, you mean? Yes. Okay. Ohio. Very good. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I let you go, Rutgers, uh, what do you what do you expect out of them? I was just talking to another person of the media, and I said, "This is a Big Ten. Anyone can take any game, any night. If uh, you take playoffs here and there, that's not great. And so um, we got to take Rutgers for another Big Ten team. You know, you, we can't just look at their record or their." 
their players or anything and say, oh, like, uh, on paper, Illinois has got this. Well, you, this is why we play the game, you know. Um, and so we're attacking them just like we would attack any other team in the Big Ten. Diana, we appreciate you spending just a few minutes with us. We wish you best of luck tomorrow night against Rutgers and Saturday on the road against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I know Illini fans are hoping for football and volleyball to get wins over Minnesota. Yes, thank you. All right, thanks, thanks much. Diana. That's Diana Brown. And uh, not only a very uh, bright student and all that, but I'd put her – you know, Scott Ritchie does the all-interview team at the end of the year mm-hmm. for athletes we get to interview. She belongs on that. That's your quarterback of the volleyball court. So. Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes with you know, football. Talk to you know, talk to an offensive lineman. You're usually going to get a lot of more nuanced answers. You know, baseball. Talk to your catcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, volleyball. Talk to the setter. But yep. she still kind of stands out amongst those kinds of people. Mm-hmm. She's a very good interview. Okay, appreciate her time. Matt Stevens also a great interview from IlliniGuys.com. He's with us right after this, but I want to let you know that Facer Law Office is inviting you to attend their free seminar, The Seven Secrets You Need to Know to Protect Your Home Assets and Family in Perilous Times. Join Thorpe Facer and Facer Law Office at the iHotel and Conference Center tomorrow at 1.30. Reserve your spot by calling Facer Law Office at 337-1111. That's 337-1111. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hi, this is Lacey Braymeyer from Hoops and Volleyball. It's an early start for Illini football this week as they battle Minnesota at Memorial Stadium. Illini game day starts at 9, right here on News Talk 1493.9 FM. And before the game, you can hang out with us in our tailgate if you want to win tickets for that. They're going hot. Right now, register at WDWS.com. Just head to our contest page. And join us for a chance for some food, drinks, and more. The tailgate starts at 8.30. You don't have to have tickets to the game to come hang out with us. But if you do have tickets to the game, you can also come hang out with us. WDWS.com to get registered. Scott and Evan with us. Thanks to Diana Brown, who was with us last segment, Illinois Volleyball Center. Matt Stevens is here from Illini Guys. You also hear him as a contributor on the Illini Guys Radio Sports Spectacular heard here on our airwaves. Matt, good to see you. We were just talking right before we got going that this game, Illinois and Minnesota, is hard to predict. I don't know there there's too many games that are easy to predict. <laughs> but here's my question for you. How much would your prediction, if you could settle on one, change if you knew who was the starting quarterback for Illinois in this football game? As a reminder, Tommy DeVito's status is unknown to us. I have a pretty good idea who's going to. I have a pretty good idea who's going to start at quarterback on Saturday, and it's not Tommy DeVito. So, I would say it doesn't affect my prediction at all because I think it's still a really, really tough game to figure out. Um, and uh, I'm three and three this year, so I don't know <laughs> if anybody really wants to listen to me past that. So, uh, I have not figured out who I'm going to take to win the football game yet, but I do think. The spread one, the spread is too big, and two, I think that this game is definitely going to be another game where points are at a premium. Okay, then why um, are you not confident, if you will, yeah. that Illinois would lose with the number two quarterback? Because I don't believe the number two quarterback is as bad as certain fans think the number two quarterback at Illinois is. Like, and I don't. I think there is a way 
when you have a full week of preparation and a full week of having that interaction with your offensive coordinator, who I absolutely trust a lot more than fans, I think also at Illinois do, um, that they can put a plan together to get to the 20 point limit that I think will get you a W on Saturday. And so those are my two things. I just did a film review on IlliniGuys.com about how I think there is a Barry Lunny on Monday talked about the subtle differences of putting together a plan for Tommy and putting a, together a plan for Art. For me, it's two words, play action. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a lot of play action stuff with Art that you don't necessarily need to do with Tommy. Um, and then I think you know that's going to allow Illinois to run the football a little bit better because Art's going to be able to count how many guys are in the box. Okay, six are in the box. Let's hand it to Chase. Okay, eight and nine are in the box. Let's throw it out here and get four or five yards. You know, that's um, bare minimum. So I think that that's, that's going to be a lot of the plan. I think you're going to see a lot of play action. I think you're going to see Art – you know, trying those vertical throws that he completed one to, you know, Brian Hightower and one to Jonah Morris on Saturday. And I think, you know, those are things that Art does well and has always done well and has confidence in doing. And when you're not trying to Chinese fire drill this thing like they were on Saturday night when Art has to come into the game, I think you can put together a comprehensive plan. Yeah, that's what I kept coming back to in trying to not overanalyze Art Sikowski's performance, although it wasn't spectacular in that the game plan that they put in all week and what Art Sikowski was, I'm guessing the twos do similar to the ones, was built around Tommy DeVito. And Art Sikowski isn't the same kind of quarterback as Tommy DeVito. So I, I imagine changing up the scheme or just a, a little bit, as you were saying, will we'll give you different numbers as far as Art under center. Barry Lunny is a process guy. And, and what I would say is that it's not so much changing up the scheme as much as understanding what has Art repped and what can we run that Art has repped a lot. And what I mean by that is people don't understand. If, say, okay, if Art needs the play-action fake a little bit, a lot of this offense is based off of timing and rhythm. Tommy doesn't need it. So the right receivers know that when they get out of their break, they better be ready for the ball to mm-hmm. hit, hit them there. I think these wire here's now know if there's the play action fake in the backfield, now you're waiting another at least half a second to get to the to get to the football coming out of my break. And so from a timing and a rep standpoint, that's everything. You go back and you watch like Bill Walsh's offense and he would tell Joe Montana or Steve Young, I don't understand why you don't understand why we can't get timing and rhythm when you're not doing the steps and you're not doing the drop exactly the way I want you to do it. And if you did it exactly the way I want to do it and the ball would come out exactly when I want it to come out and the receiver would know exactly when to go up and get the ball. Um, it was all timing and rhythm and for him. And um, I think that our, Illinois' offense is based off a lot of that. Tommy doesn't need, because of his quick release, doesn't need the play-action stuff. You can just get the ball out. you know. And, and Art kind of needs it in order to hold that linebacker and or hold that safety in order to get wide receivers open. And that takes a little bit more of a half a second, and it, there's a timing and a rhythm. And Art just has to have a week to, to rep stuff up. And, and he's thrown for over 250 yards in the two games he started last year. Um, you know, you had UTSA and Virginia. They were both losses. But he has been shown that he can throw the ball down the field and complete passes and move the offense if, if Illinois gives him the opportunity to prepare all week as, as the starter. And so that's kind of what Brett was saying, too. Brett Bielema was like, you know, Barry's never seen Art as the starter. Mm-hmm. I have. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not catastrophic here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and something, I can't remember if it was on air or off air, that we kind of hinted at and keeps getting overlooked. 
come, coming out of last week headed into this weekend, people keep saying, well, Illinois' defense hasn't faced a, a good offense yet, so I'm going to take my time. It, can we officially say that, that the offensive line has been rebuilt in less than a year because Iowa's defense is legit, right? And they didn't give up any sacks on, on, on Saturday. I know it doesn't boil down to no sacks, good offensive line, but is the, the offensive line being a, a, a little under, I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here, but they're, they're not getting enough credit for how well Chase Brown is doing and the, the way Art was able to just slide in? I'll put it this way. I thought the offensive line was fantastic on Saturday night. Yeah. And one of the reasons I thought they were fantastic was once Tommy went down, these guys didn't even really have to talk about it. They knew instantly, okay, Art's going to need an extra half second to get stuff off and get, and get comfortable. Um, and then you, if you look at the pro football focus data, Art had 20 dropbacks. Two of them were under pressure. And so from that standpoint, I think some of the veterans and some of the guys that have really stood out who aren't veterans, i.e. Isaiah Adams, really allowed Art Sitkowski to get as comfortable as he possibly could into what was essentially a Chinese fire drill of let's just figure out what we can run and run effectively with, with Art to get some points, you know, and I felt like, you know, getting Chase Brown, what he what they got him on the ground was was a lot of the offensive line. Um, and, yeah, this offensive line does deserve a lot of credit. And quite frankly, it, it's one of the interesting stats of this defense. Of all of the things that Minnesota does well defensively, rush the passer in TFLs, they are dead last in sacks, they are dead last in TFLs defensively in the Big Ten. So this offensive line is not going to have as big a problem as I thought going into the week containing a pass rush and or, you know, guys, you know, doing their run fits, you know, to create negative plays. I, I don't think they have to do that. It's a very much a bend but don't break and get turnovers defense at Minnesota, and they've done that for five weeks. Um, this is this is not what Iowa was. Iowa was a very aggressive, you know, come at you type of defense, and I thought the offensive line was very prepared for that. Brett Bielma said most of the injured players should be back for the Nebraska game, which is in a couple of weeks. Uh, but he didn't rule out anybody for this week. I mean, he's you know he's he's throwing uh, decoys out there, which is fine. My question is: is if Josh McCray is in this football game? How much does that factor into how you would think about this game? Factors in a whole bunch. Uh, what it does is it allows Chase to maybe not have 30 carries. 31 carries. <laughs> it allows Chase to maybe get into a screen game that I think mm -hmm. is going to possibly be effective for him going into this, especially with Art. Um, Tommy, that's not as advantageous for him because I think that he can find guys down the field. I think with an athletic offensive line, like I was saying with Isaiah Adams, Alex Pilstrom being a converted tight end, guard, and center. At now at center, uh, you're talking about your two tackles who have also played guard. These guys are going to get out on the perimeter. I think you could see Chase Brown in the screen game, and I think that allows you to hand the ball to Josh McCray between five to 12 times a game in this game and have a physical pounding element to it that doesn't have to involve the nation's leading rusher and the guy that you've you've pounded the rock with <laughs> for six games um, in, in Chase Brown. And I, I, I think they have been desperately searching for, for a number two back, and Reggie Love has been adequate in that. But, but he is not Josh McCray from a physical body stand, standpoint and a production standpoint, and they need that number two back to in order to keep drives alive and, and to keep you know putting points on the board. I've been admittedly skeptical that Illinois is uh, worthy of a ranking, but as Evan pointed out, you are ranked when you're ranked, so therefore you're worthy of a ranking. Uh, 
But if you had a vote, I mean, does this strike you as a top 25 team? I believe it's a top 25 defense, and it's certainly a top 25 uh, running game. In my career, I have had the basketball poll, and I, and I, I remember a lot of weeks sitting there on Sunday night going, you get to about 20, and then you go, darn it, i got to fill this thing out. i got to <laughs> find five more teams to fill this sucker out with. <laughs> and you start – I don't want to say get creative, but you start going, yeah, I don't think that team should be ranked, but I got to put somebody at 22, right? I got to put somebody at 23. So sometimes you get to a point in the season where you just don't find more than maybe 20 quality teams that you want to put in there. And if you could stop at 20 or 21 or 22, you would, but you can't. So um, I think Evan is 100% right. You're ranked when you're ranked because there's a they, there's 25 teams that have to have a number by yeah. them. <laughs> Illinois is one of those teams. And I I don't think it's wildly wrong for Illinois to be ranked, but I was surprised be, simply because I didn't think I didn't think a 9-6 win at home against Iowa was going to allow them to jump 11 spots mm-hmm. from where they were last week. And what happened was is that I think a lot of people finally have taken the full body of work and gone, yeah, Illinois five and one. Let's rank them, you know. And, yeah. and that it, you know, you had national voices no, out there say, I mean, Nicole Auerbach, Adam Rittenberg were both saying, hey, it's time to rank Illinois. So I think that that probably helps. Yeah, and I, I think there's no doubt about that. I think that you know, there's no. There's there's very very little backlash when you do that, and you're Adam Rittenberg, right? Like you're <laughs> you know you're not going to have a whole lot of people going, you know, boy, that's a really wrong take, yeah. you know, like that that's that's like it's it was it was the momentum of ranking Kansas, right? Like it just feels good, right? And and <laughs> and and it's it's it, it if it, ranking Kansas is wrong, I don't want to be right. Right, kind of like that, and and, and, and Illinois having a no, Having a number by by the first time in eleven years just feels kind of nice, you know. And so, sure, what the heck? I got to fill out this thing. Why not put Illinois near the bottom? It's not going to hurt anything. I, I've always hated the way that they do the college football playoff and releasing the rankings the, the same kind of way, right? It, it, what, what does it matter in week six when it only matters in week thirteen or fourteen or it whatever? It is a television show, right? That, that that literally does nothing more, nothing less than fill thirty minutes of television time. Like I, I, I keep saying that every year that there are one rankings that matter, and it's the ones at the end of the year. The yep. rest of them are filling television time. Same thing with the the AP poll. You got to fill up that newspaper a little bit so we've got to we got to give a, a ranking every week but i want to go, uh, go a, a little outside of illinois i, I saw something that, that you tweeted and pretty much anybody who follows college football tweeting about where's matt rule gonna end up <laughs> <laughs> uh this is the classic uh guy goes to the nfl it doesn't work and there's no reason to think he can't go back to college football and be wildly successful in my lifetime the 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 furthest back i can remember is one steven spurrier who Mm -hmm. had one of the worst tenures at the (laughs) with the washington football team and washington football franchise and came back and there wasn't any doubt in anybody's mind when he took that job in south at south carolina that they weren't going to eventually win at least eight or nine games every year and by god they won eight or nine games every (laughs) year so urban meyer is 
part of that list too where people still think he's going to come back and coach college football because he's that good at it and the Jacksonville thing does not matter um Greg Schiano was terrible with the Buccaneers mm-hmm. he has come back and been an excellent assistant coach and been a godsend for Rutgers because of how bad they were before the Schiano era and everybody knows it could be worse <laughs> um I, I suspect that Matt Rule has a lot of options that that are on the table for him i do know that that how many ad's called carolina and asked them to please fire matt rule (laughs) uh one place i imagine that's very happy about this who does not have an ad and has not yet fired their football Mm. coach in the southeastern conference might be really really happy that he's an option um so would that be a team in alabama yeah 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 (laughs) 90 minutes from atlanta um (laughs) door to door i i I promise you uh they're happy that that's on the table i think the nebraska people are happy that that's on the table um i i personally think maybe that the arizona state people are happy that Mm -hmm. that's on the table so matt rule is going to have options one of them is potentially tv and just sit it out and make make this new five million well make this yeah carolina billionaire pay some money like while i do tv because there (laughs) is a escalator clause on it Mm -hmm. that if i take a new job that gets subtracted from what carolina owes me so matt rule's not exactly crestfallen i don't think as much as you would think nobody ever wants to get fired trust me um but i I don't think he has crestfallen at the lack of opportunities he's going to have in the near future you have time for you want to hang or i don't know what you're we didn't discuss your itinerary for the evening so (laughs) sure yeah but i got to do step aside then for this and then we will come back more with matt stevens on sports talk you're listening to sports talk on dws have you turned on the furnace yet in your home? It's uh, gotten cold at last few. We've had a few cold nights here, and maybe you're like, I can get through it. We don't need to fire it up yet. But if you're nervous about whether your furnace is ready for the winter, if you have not done the maintenance or the tune-up, now is the time to call CU Trade Services. Better yet, get on their maintenance plan so that I like to say you're paying a little, so you're not paying a lot later in an emergency situation. Maintenance plan will take care of the preventative and routine stuff that you need for your furnace and your uh, HVAC and AC system so you can have peace of mind when it comes to firing up the furnace for the first time or in several months from now when you need to make sure the air conditioner can get through the hot months as well. They also have plans for other parts of your home and maintenance when it comes to plumbing and electrical and other items. They're a sister company to see you under construction. Their experts are regularly helping them with renovation projects as well. I highly recommend CU Trade Services, cutradeservices.com. Hi, this is Siddha Schlippen from GCMS Tennis. It's a Wednesday match this week for Illini Volleyball as they take on Rutgers at Huff and right here on News Talk 1493.9 FM. Continue on Sports Talk. Matt Stevens from Illini Guys is sitting in with myself, Scott Beatty, that is, and Evan Kahn. And we're talking some Illinois football, and we broadened out a little bit, too, to some of the uh, coaching carousel as well. In October. Gotta love it. It's a brave new world we're in. On the phone, we have uh, Eric is calling in with a question for Matt. Eric, you're on the air. Hey, hey, Matt. I was intrigued by your discussion earlier about the Auburn coach, and it got me thinking about uh, Mel Tucker. His buyout at Michigan State has got to start looking a little bit appealing compared to the ridiculous contract they signed him to. Thoughts on that? Uh, if it's 
my understanding of the Mel Tucker buyout is it's very similar to like the Jimbo Fisher buyout, right? <laughs> like it's if they would fire Mel Tucker, it would be about what eighty million dollars mm-hmm. that they would owe him in a pretty short amount of time. Like nobody's doing that. Like there's people at Auburn right now that are kind of going, okay, it's sixteen. I know we got to do it with Brent Harson, but like. That's a big number, you know, and so um, there's a lot of people at Wisconsin that were like 19 for Paul Christ. That's a big number. Maybe how did Paul, Paul, how did how did that renegotiation work for Paul Christ? He does he just like he's a good guy and he's like yeah well, willing to take less. Yeah, that and I think like we were saying with Matt Rule, he's getting it up front, so it, it doesn't go down if he gets another job. Yeah, that's a different deal. Um, oh, okay. Paul Chris, no, I'm not 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 that you're wrong, Evan. It's it's just a different deal than say like the Brian Harson buyout because I, I I tend to believe that Brian Harson's going to go scarched earth and say you 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 will pay me every dollar you owe me in this contract, <laughs> right? Or quite frankly, Jimmy Sexton will go, hey, you will pay him every dollar on this contract. It's what Jimmy does. I get the sense that Paul Christ, who was born and raised two blocks from Camp Randall Stadium, would probably like to live in Madison for the rest of his life and have a happy living and not be bothered and potentially like to come back as an ambassador maybe and like just have a not have Can a problem. Can you do that, though, on $11 prob- million? Not be a problem. <laughs> and so, yeah. like You've seen ele- gas 11, prices? $11 million <laughs> seems like enough to live off of the rest of my life. And so... <laughs> I, my friend Stephen Godfrey like described this who on, is on SB Nation and a lot of other platforms um, described it kind of like when you win the lottery like yeah you can take this what we what we what we advertise the the real large number being over twenty years and get it taxed over twenty years or we can offer you this lump sum that's like half of what that is like right now and you'll only be taxed on it once yeah. and everybody takes the lump sum payment so um, I think there's a lot to be said for what's for what Scott said about this, which is Paul Chris is a nice guy. He'd mm-hmm. like to live in Madison for probably a long time and doesn't want to be a problem. <laughs> Wanted to circle back to Illinois and Minnesota. PJ mm-hmm. Fleck in his press conference this week said uh, when asked about Illinois, uh, he's referring to PJ Fleck, referring to Brett Bielma. He's done a really good job of coming in and instilling his mentality into that program. I think it shows uh, they got a lot of respect for him. Obviously, he's one of the best college coaches maybe of all time, and you can start to see that blueprint starting to shape, take shape over there at Illinois. Which, I mean, do you, I mean, which th- part do you want me to comment? <laughs> <laughs> Is there a question there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just the best college coaches maybe of all time. Is is that? I'm not arguing with his take. It's just not something you say lightly. It's something you say when you've never beaten the man. And with P.J. Fleck, I'm sure he's one of the best coaches he's ever seen. When like, the man for, comes around. I just can't beat him. Like, you know, I mean, so, yeah, I, I think that's a lot of where it comes from. And I think a lot of it also comes from the idea that, you know, when Brett Bielema has been in the Big Ten, he's usually competed for Big Ten titles. And. When Brett Bielema has been in the SEC, he's had three straight years of going to bowl games at Arkansas, and then when he left Arkansas, they didn't win a conference game for two and a two and a quarter years, you know. And so, afterwards, so um, there is a large drop off at a place when you when Brett Bielema leaves your school and leaves your football program, and there is a high level of uptick when Brett Bielema comes in and starts running your football program. So from that standpoint, I do think that there's 
something to be said for what Brett Bielema has done at the college level when he's gotten the opportunity to take over a program. Well, we, we talked about with Ryan Walters on Monday, you know, hey, what gave you confidence that this defense could be really good? Going back to when he took the job mm-hmm. under Brett Bielema in, I guess it was the very beginning of 2021, uh, he, he liked what he saw on tape. Now, that sounds to me like something a coach would just say because that's what you have to say. I like what we have on our roster. It does you no good in many ways to say otherwise. But yet, I sense it's A, genuine, and B, look at what they've done with the roster mm-hmm. that they inherited largely, especially on defense. Bielma, yes, he had to recruit some of those players to stay, mm-hmm. uh, not leave, and that's all credit to him. But these guys have – they're coaches. They're just – they they – I don't sense a lot of angst by them. They just coach, and they know how to put you in the right place to succeed. See, I thought that was a mirandering way for Scott to get to Levy Smith's pretty good defensive football coach. (laughs) He was. Which which I agree with 100%. Well, he was not a good college defensive coach because he wasn't putting his players in enough positions to succeed. Correct. Um, But he was finding good players. Yes, and and at certain positions, too. I mean – Tyreek Barnes is playing his best football right now at middle linebacker. And if there's anything that Lovey knows, it's what a middle linebacker ought to mm-hmm. look like, right? And put Devin three Whit- of them in the pros, right? Uh, in yeah. a short time while he was here. Jake's still there, isn't he? Like, so, yeah. Um, Doshon Phillips. Yeah. Uh, Devin Witherspoon's going to get a shot in the three-letter league. And Lovey knows what a corner looks like, i.e. Pilnett Tillman. Like, um, so... Uh, you know, and from that standpoint, Keith Randolph and Johnny Newton are going to look in the league now. Austin Clark gets a lot of credit for that recruitment, to be honest, and Lovey doesn't. But Lovey knows what a defensive lineman should probably look like. And I'm sorry, but just, you know, Johnny Newton's putting together. I put this together in my film review too. Johnny Newton's putting together an Outland Trophy candidacy and a big one. I mean, you talk about again. Like I look at the PFF data. Number two in what they call win percentage which, on pass plays, which is you are winning your battle with the offensive lineman who is who was designed to block you. Um, he's number two among defensive defensive players in Power Five. In run run, it's a stop percentage, which basically means you are responsible for that run being a failure. Um, he's number four in the country among you know defensive players in FBS. Jordan Davis won it last year from out of Georgia and was a the number thirteenth player taken and was you know the three hundred and sixty pound massive <laughs> mountain of a man that that led Georgia's defense from the interior. Johnny Newton's having a much bigger impact at Illinois because Johnny Newton can play more snaps than Jordan Davis mm-hmm. can. And so, when you talk to me about Chase Brown possibly being you know in the Outland Trophy discussion and maybe even maybe even getting to New York for the Heisman, I'm not there yet, but some yeah. people are. Some people are. Uh, start looking at the Outland Trophy and seeing if if you know one Johnny Newton, Jazarian Newton is going to be in one of those finalists because I think he could be, and if he's not, I I kind of like to know why. Uh, if all of the players that left the game early are indeed out for Saturday, who's the biggest loss? Who? Uh, well, Tommy DeVito. Like, I mean, I, from the standpoint of, I think. You just you feel more comfortable about Illinois maybe getting to the high twenties and even thirties mm-hmm. if Tommy DeVito's in there. I don't feel comfortable about that with Art in there um, from a, from a scheme standpoint. Other than Tommy DeVito, uh, I I I think it's Isaiah only. 
I know that Isaiah's had a lot of production, and he's probably wanted to have more production. The drop-off is so significant at the slot receiver position with Miles Scott and Hank Beatty. Not because they're not good players, but not, because they just don't have the experience and they don't have the production level that would give you a confidence to know that they're what they're doing. Also, who catches punts? I mean, I think Hank Beatty's going to do it. Beatty. I think he's going to do it. <laughs> um, stand up for the tribe. But as of, like, preseason training camp he had never caught a punt before which i still i gotta go talk to derek leonard and ask him why the heck he didn't have hank Beatty back there catching punts maybe it's because he didn't want to get his quarterback like knocked the heck out of the football game um i asked him today he just he said that was he didn't say that but he said i was busy being a quarterback and a receiver that that makes sense but but I've seen enough high school football to know usually your best athlete is doing about everything <laughs> you can. You should be playing everywhere. That was the Brett. Be- I think that was the Brett Bielema logic of really you've never caught a punt. Like your We're school gonna- is small enough that I thought you did everything. You know, so thought you were a big man on campus. So I think Hank Beatty on special teams will do that too. And I think that's a major question mark. Not because Hank can't do it, but again, you've never really asked him to do it in front of fifty thousand people consistently in a game. So the drop off is probably bigger for Isaiah at his position. Not only at wide receiver, but special teams. Matt Stevens, uh, IlliniGuys.com. Follow him on Twitter at Matthew C. Stevens. We'll see you again real soon. Not a problem. Have a good one, guys. We are Thanks. back to finish this up in just a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. All right. We mentioned earlier in the broadcast that Bruce Weber is going to be a BTN analyst this year. He told Brett Behrens of WCIA that he is assigned to the Illinois-Kansas City game. I think that's the second game of the year. I think that would be November 11th. That's that Friday night game. So Bruce Weber will be back here. Didn't get time to read the whole story, but Paul Rudy texted in a story about the time that his son was stranded at O'Hare and Mrs. Weber ended up driving his son all the way back to CU and, and even got him all the way to his house and went out of the way to help a, a stranded young person. Just more on that theme of how good the fa- the Weber family is. Oh, always great. He's been on our airwaves multiple times with Brian and I think even with us here on Sports Talk since he left. So, great story. Indeed. Okay, we had a good show here today, if I do say so myself. We are thankful for Daryl Thompson from Minnesota Radio. Lauren Tate, Diana Brown from Illinois Volleyball, Matt Stevens from Illini Guys, Ed Bond on the other side, Evan Kahn and myself, Scott Beatty, are wishing you a pleasant good evening. Back tomorrow at 4 o'clock, Robert Rosenthal and Joe Madden tomorrow on the program. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, good night.